Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. You know, most of the time, I tell you guys my name. I give you, uh, you know, some synonyms for that name, some colloquialisms, some some different go-bys and BKAs and AKAs and PKAs. The content of our show is about to make me change my name, Ramses. How so? To like something pseudo-political militant with an X on the end of it. Because <laughs> it's getting out of control, bro. QX is two letters. Some, yeah, bro. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning towards something like that. Well, Because uh, it's getting hard because I do that to kind of start us off on a light note. Sure, sure. And really like, like take you down the list of names that the Reverend Estella Seacrest called me throughout my life and Ramses and my brothers and sisters. And even some of the stuff that I've, you know, used in the entertainment space. But man, it's getting hard to be light. It's getting hard to laugh. It is becoming more and more difficult for me to come across as neutral on a lot of these things we talk about. And I know I've made this a much longer intro than typical, but it's hard to not be angry Okay. okay. Just from what we have to consume in preparation for our show every week, folks, it is getting harder, not easier. And the and the and the the less hopeful version of me that you guys maybe used to hear when we first started doing the show, he's creeping he's creeping back into the studio, man. Well, my more hopeful brother Ramses is going to have to be the entirety of our hope here pretty soon because Mine is dwindling. Well, how about we do this then? Let's 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 do like we always do at this time and start off with some ebony excellence. That's a that's a positive note. I think we can start on that work for you. Sure. OK. All right. Well, uh, we're a big fan of this guy, Drake. Um, I, I'm a I, bigger I, fan of him than people realize. Oh, yeah. he's. I, I think Drake is the man. I, I won't take nothing from, him, you know, Um. But for those who are fans of Drake, you might recall a video, uh, God's Plan video that came out some years back. And he took the budget from the video and ended up just kind of giving it away and shot the video on the street instead of using this big budget to shoot some cool video. One of the people that he gave some money to um, was a college student. Uh, her name is Destiny James. And recently she graduated. So I want to read a, a bit of a report um, back from her says that um, she was gifted $50,000 by the rapper and she ended up speaking to Entertainment Tonight about the impact of that moment. Uh, She says, the biggest effect is that he gave me an opportunity to to really just live as a college student without the financial burden that I had before the scholarship. Uh, James, who was a junior at the University of Miami at the time, shared the scholarship, went toward my senior year. It was hands down the best year I've had in college because I didn't have to worry about trying to work multiple jobs to make sure that I have money or worrying about my tuition bill uh, and whether or not it was going to be paid. Um, So of all these issues that she had prior to receiving the scholarship, they just went away. She said, uh, when I sent him that I was graduating with my master's this weekend, he responded immediately. She revealed before I could respond to his message, he was already on my picture commenting and driving my page crazy, but he's very genuine. Even though we don't speak on a regular basis, uh, when we do, he's genuine and he's very supportive. He's a big cheerleader. So shout out to Drake. And uh, for those of you who donate to the United Negro College Fund or any college fund, 
um, you know, it's, it's good to hear stories like this because education matters. Black women are the most educated uh, group in the United States. And um, to see these outcomes really helps us on our way toward painting, a, uh, establishing a different narrative. So shout out to Drake, but also shout, shout out, out to everybody Drizzy. who values education. Shout out to Drizzy, man. Shout out to OVO. Shout out to Canada. Yeah, man. One time. All right. So now we're going to have to get into some heavier things. Um, and I'm, I apologize. I didn't get to tease all this stuff this year, but you know, we do have a pretty interesting show lined up for you. Um, we will be talking a bit later about, uh, you know, some, uh, how, how, how melanin appears to be, uh, weaponized and and how there's oftentimes a very strong police response to that and we're also going to talk about something called the african dodger game which is the precursor to the uh dunk uh, uh you know i forget the name of it it's like a dunk game that you play at um a carnival where you throw a ball and hit a plate and it dunks a person sitting on a seat um there used to be a game where they would ba throw baseballs at black people's heads and that was a precursor to that game. So we're going to talk about that as well. But first, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. Now, normally, I don't really have too much to say about sports. But I do have something to say about music. Just a little bit. You know, I recognize that this show is carried on a lot of music format stations. And uh, rightfully so. Because we do need to have those stations carrying programming like this so that we can paint a different side of ourselves. You know, black people are not just rappers and singers. We actually, we're thinkers and we do have issues in our communities. And, and as we relate to each other um, across racial lines and uh, having a, a platform like this allows us to say our peace and fortify ourselves and our allies against, you know, the forces that exist in this world that would, um, crush us, you know, not the least of which is, you know, white supremacist institutions. However, I will talk about the Super Bowl halftime show because there were a lot of unfounded attacks on that halftime show. Now, full disclosure, I am a fan of hip hop music. I'm a DJ. Q's a DJ too, right Q? Yeah, but you know, that maybe that'll change in the future soon. Well, at present, if you give us some turntables and some records, we can rock a party. So, um, and you know, that's what we do. But also, I'll say that I am from California. I was born in Compton, California. So, if for those that saw the Super Bowl, it was Dr. Dre, um, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, Eminem, and uh, Mary J. Blige were the, the, you know, the bigger acts on the Super Bowl. And then there were some other folks there. I think uh, Anderson Pack and some other folks were there as well. Um, but it was really a big day for West Coast hip hop. And I am a West Coaster to the death of me. You know, I got my low rider bike. You know, I still got a bunch of pairs of chucks. It is just a part of who I am. So when I speak about what happened here, I need you to know that just so that if it seems a bit biased, um, you know, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being forthright. And and how fitting was it 
that Compton met Detroit on that stage at the Super Bowl. Oh, I didn't even put that together, huh? How about that? I'm just saying. Yeah, man. We're going to talk about Eminem. I'm just, you know? I'm just saying. So, so again, for those that saw the Super Bowl, um, there, I'm not going to spoil anything, or I'm going to try not to spoil anything, but for those that saw the Super Bowl, you saw that it was a, um, I don't want to call it a tame uh, halftime show, but there's certainly been more controversial halftime shows. Yes. You know, that I, I'd argue that's true. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't even have to argue it. There's flagrantly, there's been flagrantly more yeah. um, provocative. Sure. Sure. Halftime performances. Sure. And, and I think that the Super Bowl over time has learned to be sensitive to American sensibilities, you know, just kind of the general, you know, population. You can't make everyone happy, but, you know, let's, we have to try because this is entertainment, right? Um, but you'd be surprised. There's a lot of people who are on the right, more conservative types that have taken issue with this particular halftime performance. And normally I wouldn't make a big deal out of people's opinions on the Super Bowl because I, well, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I, I just kind of feel like a lot of these people, um, in order to get views, clicks, engagement, to, to stir up the, the, the rage in their, you know, subscriber base, or just to have something to talk about, will um, formulate these baseless attacks on anything that is liberal, right? Or anything that's not conservative, we'll call it that, not traditional Americana, you know, like 50s drive-in, you know, uh, roller skating rinks, you know, ice cream and apple pie. They want to, they would prefer an America that looked like that. And if it doesn't, then they launch attacks. A lot of there, there's a lot of anger that comes off of that wing of politics, a lot less so that comes from the, the left wing. Um, and again, I normally wouldn't make a big deal out of it, but what I do feel is happening a lot, and this is perhaps the best example of it, is race is increasingly coming, becoming a factor. And, and people have this very interesting way of talking around race while still speaking about it. It's almost like an act of cowardice. It's almost like them saying, look at those black people doing their black stuff. Oh, wait, I'm not racist. Look, there's a black person here with me. Right. So there's this coded language, this sort of dog whistle language. Um, and these, again, baseless attacks on what now is very American. It's a very American art form. It's not novel. It's not new. It's not for the kids. You know, everyone that knew all those songs by heart are in their 40s, 50s, you know, um, late thirties, you know, this is the, this is, um, America, right. And this art form hip hop was born in America, same with R and B. Right. And these attacks that I'm about to go into feel very unfair. And I've seen a few of them, but I haven't seen much in the way of a defense, perhaps because, a lot of us know that they're baseless attacks, that these people are just talking to their own little echo chambers and, you know, it's not going to get any further than that. We all saw what happened. We knew what it was and what it wasn't. It's fine. But 
because they are journalists, I use that term loosely, or because they have journalistic quote unquote outlets, I feel like it's important for us to challenge that narrative or otherwise chronicle our own and defend that halftime performance against what it is that they've said. Now, um, one such thing that came about very early on was uh, there's a guy, he's a conservative talk show host. His name is Charlie Kirk. Um, he, you might not have heard of him. I never heard of him, but this guy has over a million, 1.7 million followers on his Twitter, right? And it says he's a co-founder and executive director of the right wing student group, Turning Point USA, which I have heard of. Um, and he says that he thinks that the Super Bowl halftime performance should have been banned. Huh? Um, it goes on to say that Kirk commented that, quote, the NFL is now the league of sexual anarchy. This halftime show should not be allowed on television. Okay, so. What were your thoughts on the uh, Super Bowl performance? Just general thoughts. So I'm going to let our audience in on something here. Okay. Q was at work during the entirety of the Super Bowl. <laughs> I did not see the game or what many have dubbed the greatest halftime show of all time. Okay. Okay. Now I know the lineup of the halftime show. Yeah. So I knew at worst it would be good, but from what I've heard, it was excellent. Okay. Okay. We'll take that. I, I cried in the car. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I cried in the car. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I, 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 I couldn't imagine. I, and I'll be honest, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. But I did watch the halftime performance. I'm not as I just, you know, I heard that L.A. won, which is great for L.A. because L.A. kind of needed a win. You know, uh, first of all, I'm going to cut Ramdas off, y'all. L.A. did not need a win. Well, they're already Los Angeles, California. Let's start there. Okay, they're already that. The Dodgers and Lakers in the last two years have both won. Yeah, that's the championship of their respective leagues. You know, there's I, I was saying that there's a lot of hurt still surrounding sports, surrounding the city, surrounding the, the people the of LA. Nipsey, the people. Right. And then I think that for there to be Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre at the halftime performance, Word. that is there's something to be said about Nipsey. In fact, I remember in the halftime performance, they had like a photo of Nipsey uh, somewhere on the back on the backdrop. And, and uh, the team that won the Super Bowl, they took the field to Last time that I checked by the late, great Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. And okay. for mentioned Nipsey Hussle. Yes. And then uh, one course, time for the West Coast. Yeah. So and then the same with Kobe, you know, just uh, the city suffering, uh, not really suffering, but kind of still dealing with the loss of those kind of powerful figures. Um, so that's why I say that. But um, for this man, Charlie Kirk, to call the NFL uh, the, the League of Sexual Anarchy based off of that halftime performance. What are you talking about? It's asinine. Uh, yes. Mr. Kirk. Now, and him saying that it should not be allowed on television based by his own account on the sexual nature of it. 
is absolutely asinine. First off, the only person who I think he might have been referring to was Mary J. Blige. And even if you don't know Mary J. Blige, I implore you to go back and look at the performance again. There was nothing sexual about her performance at all. Sexy, perhaps. She's a woman. She dresses nice. She keeps herself in good shape. She's a dancer and a singer, you know, but she wasn't dancing, gyrating on anyone. There was nothing overtly sexual about her performance. Mary is married. She's, she's, you know, she's like auntie, you know, she's not like, she doesn't have like Beyonce energy or Rihanna energy. I mean, I guess Rihanna's kind of graduated now that she's, go ahead, jump in. You know, usually Ramses is the give somebody the benefit of the doubt portion of the show. Mm-hmm. But I do from time to time chime in to make sure people are not accusing us of turning an intentional blind eye to things. Right. I saw the set list. There was nothing overtly sexual about any of it. Right. However, if you're the type of person that wants to find something wrong, you will. So I'm going to figure, and this is stupid, even if it's the reason, because the song itself does not give those vibes. In the club. That's the only other one. Might be, without argument, the biggest party record in history. Right up there with like DMX um, Party Up. Yeah. Even I think those two songs might even trump LMFAO because its window was so like the LMFAO songs don't hit now like they did when they came out. Sure. In the club and party up. Still go. Yeah, you're right. Are undefeated. Yeah. You could be at a funeral. <laughs> if you drop one, it's going up. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> In the lyrics, 50 Cent says, I'm into having sex. I ain't into making love. So come give me a hug. And even after that line, the next line, so come give me a hug. Like, so I'm, if he was reaching as far as he possibly could to try to find something, quote unquote, sexual, it might be that lyric I just said. However, 50 cents hanging upside down in a weight room, then at a party. So, you know what I mean? The so performance I- itself did not give him the vibes of sexual anarchy, Mr. Yeah. Kirk. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, man. So, so do you see what I mean when I say it's just sort of an unfair uh, light to cast on the Super Bowl show? And because these performers are black, it further associates blackness with, you know, uh, immoral, immoral behavior, um, uh, uh, prior like how do i say this um who who knows man i it just it just it casts every everybody on that stage in a very unflattering light and you know between the two people we're talking about today there's two million followers right so this is not no one these aren't they're not talking to no one it's not like some creep and the backwaters of Twitter that has 40 followers and is just talking to his friends and a couple people that are work with him in bots. You know, these are some substantial voices, at least in, in their arenas. So, you know, to your point, 50 cent, um, 
you know, doing his song. It's a party record. You know, uh, Eric Clapton has a song called Cocaine. The Rolling Stone. There's so many groups that have songs about drugs, about sex, about, you know, all these sorts of things that existed way before hip hop. And and those people will play the Super Bowl. Those people will, you know, they, they, these guys will go to their concert. Who's this guy? Charlie, Charlie Kirk will go to their concerts, I'm sure, and have a good old time. Right. And won't find fault at all. Because like Dr. Dre and 50 Cent and Snoop Dogg, there is no fault to find. It is okay to make adult music for adults who go to adult nightclubs, right? And that pursue adult activities and imbibe adult libations and so forth, right? Um, but for, for them to cast it in some sort of a uncultured... Uh, uh, Un-American. Yeah, it's just it's and then because of the blackness, it's very easy for them to find fault because it's not them. It's not American apple pie. It's hip hop. And of course, everyone wanted to call it gangster rap, which I'll take that label. No problem. That's what they would call themselves. And they were some gangsters, you know, so gangster rap. Sure. But once something gets established, once everyone has grown up with it, it's it's not so um, alarming anymore right it's not like people you know it's not like kids are getting into sixth grade seventh grade and then just finding out about dr dre and snoop dogg they're not just getting their you know their chronic album and oh my gosh let me go hit the streets and game you know that's a bygone era and this music is a product of that era but for them to kind of rehash all of this stuff like it's like it's 30 years ago like it's 25 years ago um just shows I believe it shows their intention is to continue to cast black culture, black music and black people in a bad light. Um, there's another person I want to or there's another thing, a point I want to make rather. Um, this guy, Charlie Kirk, and a lot of other people are, are people that, especially on the right, that fight against cancel culture. They're, they're, they're huge critics of cancel culture. They don't love cancel culture. A lot of people on the right are this way. So for him to say the, ha the halftime show should not be allowed on television and, you know, take this sort of stance against this, um, I think that he's actually being a hypocrite there as well, because now he's a fan of cancel culture all of a sudden, if it serves to cancel black folks. And I'll say one more thing. He says uh, th this is the sort of guy that calls liberals snowflakes, quote unquote, and uh, is one of the people that wants to like ban CRT. You know, and, and, you know, now he's calling for banning on, on of hip hop, but he's calling the liberal people snowflakes. He's calling, you know, uh, this, this, this halftime show some, he's calling it like um, sexual anarchy. You know what I mean? So you see the hypocritical nature in these uh, talking points and in, in, in these people, it's, it's such a strange thing to see now. Um, I do want to say this. I do want you to jump in, but I want to make sure that I get this in here. There's another woman. Her name is Bridget Gabriel. She has uh, almost 370,000 followers on Twitter. Um, she was born. Her, this is her, her birth name is Hanan Kwawaji. She was born in Lebanon. She goes by Bridget Gabriel. She's a conservative author, an anti-Islam activist, huh? and founder of anti-Muslim group ACT or ACT for America. Um, I'm sure that stands for like Americans 
countering terrorism or something crazy like that, but act for America. And she tweeted, quote, the Super Bowl halftime show was basically pornography on television. Huh? Absolutely disgusting. Wow. It shouldn't have been permitted for cable television, end quote. Um, and the and here's another thing. Kendrick Lamar has has a line in his song. Um, all right. Those know we going to be all right. He has a line in there that says, and we hate Popo. Right. The one to kill us dead in the street full show. That's how the bar goes. And he either took it out or they muted it. Right. So it never made it to air. Um, Dr. Dre has one line that stayed in. It says still not loving police, which is his right as an American. And then Eminem was kneeling. Beyond that, I could find nothing. But we got 10 seconds. Go ahead. I just wish they would have said they had a problem with and we hate Popo still not loving police instead of and Eminem kneeling instead of saying that it was pornography and sexual anarchy. Cause what are you talking like? What are you talking about at this point? Yeah. Well, like why not go as usual with the low hanging fruit? Like you always do. Even if it's baseless, at least you're being kind of honest. Sexual there, anarchy. Therein lies, like, yeah, right, man. Therein lies the hypocrisy. But this is a good enough time for us to take a pause for the call. So stick around. We're coming back with more Civic Cypher right after this.